I'm thinking of a of a coworker. This gentleman had rose to the senior vice president level. He was he was a year year or two behind me in, in uh, starting his career, uh, you know, age wise. And th- and this was this was my my comparison, right? Is that we started essentially the same time in this company, and his goal was climb, 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 and he did it. And he always said to me, "I wish I had." The passion that you have for dance in something, and it just really hits home to me that someone who I looked up to for look at how he, you know, went for what he wanted in the work world, and he idolized me. So it's 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 kind of cool. I would say he was he was a very big supporter. This is the podcast Creative at the Wheel, and I'm Julie Claire. As a transformational life coach and creativity guide, my life's work is helping people reshape their lives from the inside out. Here, I have deep dive conversations with luminaries who share about their own transformational journeys and how they became soul-sourced and creatively juiced. May their stories uplift and embolden all of us. Let's jump in. My guest today is Sandy Schuber. Sandy is a dancer and she is a computer systems analyst. I can't wait to explore what it's been like. I know Sandy to be someone who's a dedicated, passionate dancer, choreographer, and someone who's held a kind of a big day job for many, many years. And that that combination of connecting to both of those parts of yourselves over the years, what does that look like? And what has that taken? And what's been that path? Um, Sandy's been a dancer. Uh, I think she, I believe she started when she was nine years old with ballet, tap, and jazz. And she found her love for modern dance as a teenager coming to dance, also continuing through college. She's always hated it when someone called her dance a hobby, since it's always been so much more to her. It's been her dream, her passion, and where she finds her greatest joy. But she majored in industrial engineering in college, which she calls her safe degree because she felt too afraid to really go for dancing as her career path. She didn't follow her dream of dancing as a young person at that point, and she has worked many years as a computer systems analyst. But at this point, I also want to talk to Sandy about what it's like to reinvigorate and really come to her life right now, really focusing on dancing as where she's going. Uh, So we get to unpack this whole picture. Welcome in, Sandy. Hi, Julie. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Sandy, first off, tell me what it's, what is dance for you? Just, just lead us in to, you know, how it started and what it is for you. Wow. That's such a big question. It is a big question. Maybe (laughs) too big. We'll tackle tackle it as best we can. As you mentioned, I started dancing as a, as a child about nine and in the beginning, it was just uh, an activity, you know, something something to do, something my older sister had done, something that looked fun. I got interested in dance also as a, an audience member and watching the local musical theater and musicals on, on uh, television or in the movie theaters. And uh, once I started to take classes, I started to really enjoy the creative process and would even make uh, performances, put together shows in our garage and that kind of thing as, as a child. 
And once I got to high school, I discovered modern dance, which I didn't even know what it was when I signed up for it for PE. But I thought, you know, general PE or modern dance. I thought this this is something I need to check out. And I fell in love with it. I think something about the fact that it, there weren't set steps, uh, you could dance barefoot. It was so freeing, uh, so, so open to interpretation of feelings and ideas and stories. I just felt like that was a way for me to express myself. I was a very uh, shy person. I'm still an introvert, but I was very shy as well as a, a child and a teenager. And dance was an outlet for me. I feel like it was a place where I could be myself without judgment, without my own judgment, without others' judgment. And I think maybe that was how it started. And it's just become everything to me. And it's but, been, you know, I'm going to interrupt you. I yeah, think let's yeah. stay with that starting yeah, because sure. it's a powerful starting. How confident were you as a kid, given that you had this kind of dancing life in the garage and with your family? Uh, did it give you confidence or what, what was that life? Ooh, like? That's a good question. Uh, hadn't thought about it before, but I would say, yes, I would say that that's probably where I uh, derived some means to get out of my shell a bit. Uh, it is, it's interesting to me to find that uh, oftentimes someone who is shy finds comfort on stage. Um, it's just different. I mean, I'm, I think I'm one of those people that's more comfortable on stage than I am one-on-one uh, -on -one talking to people or in a, you know, in a, in a group of people I don't know. And, and ironically, people think, well, how can you get on stage and perform if you uh, are shy? But it's so different. It's so different. I guess maybe it's because you're um, doing what you love and you are, I, I, I don't know, becoming some, someone else temporarily, maybe. So yeah, definitely feel like uh, there's confidence. There's definitely confidence, especially when it comes to the performance aspect of dancing. What was it? Were your parents really supportive of your or your sisters, or what was that like when you were growing up? Was it um, like in the family culture dance or? Ooh, it was in. My mom actually took modern dance in high school, but she didn't pursue it. I mean, it wasn't something that she loved. Um, my cousins, I have a few uh, older cousins who were also. Uh, taking dance as, as uh, you know, children and, and teens. And some of my cousins were actually in those musical theater productions. Uh, so there was probably a little bit of that, seeing someone you knew who was a little bit older doing something that looked like you might like it too. Um, but as far as, and, and maybe, maybe uh, because of that, there was support with my, you know, my parents supported it. My aunts and, uh, you know, aunts and uncles were supporting it in their families. Um, and ironically, now that, I mean, you're making me think of some some things I never connected the dots before, but I would say that my uh, grandfather on my dad's side has always been, uh, you know, pretty uh, life of the party kind of person and very comfortable, you know, making jokes. And so I feel like maybe there's something there that triggered me and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and led me or guided me to that it was okay. So probably some of those those family members that I was around that I saw that um, introduced and supported me um, to toward that activity. Yeah. When did when did you have a sense that you could or couldn't be a dancer professionally, you know, like after high school and or college, or what what were your expectations? 
in high school, you've discovered modern dance. You're you're new to it then, right? So you're exploring right, this right. very freed up dance. You're you know coming into your own a little bit there. Yeah, what, let me let me let me go into a little maybe a, a little yeah. pre-story just to to try to get there. I feel like because uh, or once I started modern dance and once I started, uh, you know, it was three years three years of modern dance in high school that I started also we would have field trips to, uh, so I live in California and uh, central California and the uh, field trips would be to the San Francisco Bay area to see professional companies. And um, so my high school dance teacher would, you know, we'd, we'd pay a few, you know, a few dollars and get a bus and we'd, we'd take these trips and uh, watch a professional modern dance company. And I had never done that before. And so then I learned, wow, this isn't just an activity that I do, you know, once a week or every, you know, once a day or whatever it was. Um, it's something that people do for a living. And so that was the first time I realized, well, this is actually could be a career. And ironically, in ninth grade, I had taken one of those um, personality tests. And as shy as I was, it came out that my interests were in performing. Oh my gosh. And I, I had no idea. That is I, very funny I, to me. I just, I was, I, I still remember that because it was so, it was so interesting. And of course, academically, I was always on the path to the college prep and, you know, science and math and, and to, to learn at 15, 14, 15, that I had this already in me desire to be a performer uh, was wild and still is wild to think about that. I think what happened after that is I started, I don't know, influences. Um, I can't blame anyone. I can't blame my parents for saying, no, you can't be a professional dancer. I put it on myself based on the fact that, you know, you got to go to college, you got to get a j good job, you got to be, a, you know, get a professional career and and make a living. And so I feel like with the guidance I had to do all those things, I feel like I put it on myself to not let myself be, a, be do it professionally. So I would say that, that it was it was all me, even though at the time I felt like I would be disappointing my parents if I chose to be a dancer instead of a, an engineer, which was and the so, path, path I took. Right. But so that, you know, this sense that we might disappoint our parents, I would say that wow, if we uh, we don't have to go there necessarily right now, but to unpack that, what you know, cultural forces, it doesn't have to be family, school forces, teacher forces, you know, I'm assuming you were pretty smart. Uh, I know you were smart. Um, and so, you know, you were also being encouraged, like when you're in a math class, they're not seeing you as a dancer, right? There's a lot of uh, structures to, I think, even then to keep us going on different paths, right? And Good you point. weren't, Good and so point. you were being very, um, I'm assuming, you know, because I know we, we grew up in the same area, the attending the same school. It's like, there weren't, there weren't a lot of forces that are saying, wow, you can really live your dream. It's what are you good at? What can you make yeah. good money at? How can you yeah, really succeed? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. How am I disappoint my parents? And I think, gosh, so I just want to out that, but, yeah, but somehow, but somehow you were getting these little signals. What was the role of your dance teacher? Because I, I think you may have come close to her. I'm not sure you're yeah, in high school. Correct. Yeah, correct. So she has been my mentor all along with, with the yeah. dance. She ironically took uh, time off a few years after uh, 
after I was in high, I got out of high school, she um, lived her dream for about, I think it was about a year and a half. She would commute to Southern California to be in a professional dance company. Uh, so she would drive five hours twice in a weekend to go down to Southern California and be in rehearsals. And then, you know, occasionally would take time off to travel with this dance company. Um, so, you know, she had a husband and, you know, and a, and a day job as a dance, you know, as a high school teacher, PE teacher, dance teacher. And, um, and, you know, I saw her do that. I saw her take time to live her dream um, and how, you know, how difficult that was and, and what she sacrificed in order to make that happen. So I saw what that was like. Um, I forget what the question was, Julie. Sorry. Yeah. Well, no, the role of a mentor, right? <laughs> sure, I mean, sure. in kindling this, that there is a world of professional dancing. Uh, it's not just about dance as PE or fun or something neat to do when you're young, but that here, here's this whole world of professional dancing. I just think the role of mentors are meeting someone that's has that dream had to, you know, I'm just curious about that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I think to see someone who, who'd done it, that, uh, I, I, I keep saying ironically, I think that, she maybe because she did that around the time I was in college, um, that might have also helped me to think that, wow, if she can do it, you know, that's something that's something that maybe I could do. Uh, possibly, yeah, possibly that's that's, you know, thoughts that led me to thinking of that as a as a career. And what what was it? What was your kind of school smart self? What was it like to at the same time? How did that go to, to go become an engineer? I mean, what was that like given it your was, love of dance? Yeah. yeah, it, it was, it's always been a, a balancing act. So I majored in engineering. I went to the community college for about two and a half years, stayed there uh, an extra semester to get a degree there. I was close enough to getting an associate. So I thought, what the, you know, what the heck, get the associate degree. But it also let me let me dance another semester because I was dancing with the same teacher. She taught at the community college as well. And she had a company that I was able to be in. So I was kind of already dancing, you know, somewhat maybe, you know, semi-professionally, maybe you could call it um, at that time. Um, and then um, the engineering degree was of course challenging just as you might expect i mean there was every level of physics and math and and you know and so forth engineering classes that uh you know took a lot of time took a lot of studying and, and plus i had a job you know so um one of those people i guess that can have a lot of balls in the air and and um you know was a a student so i think uh if you if you want something bad enough, you make it happen. <laughs> That's my my uh, my motto, I suppose. Hmm. So you uh, you knew that you were gonna um you were you, was that staying in Modesto for the community college? Correct. Correct. And then you went to was Cal Poly. Oh, yeah. Correct. I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and uh, at that point, I uh, had to. The community college didn't have a, a, any specific engineering focuses, so I had to choose which type of engineering I was going to study. And I looked at all of the choices, and uh, I didn't really care for most of them. And and then I saw industrial engineering, which was manufacturing and computer systems, and that uh, appealed to me the most, rather than electrical, mechanical, civil, and you know those kinds of things. So. It also happened to have more females, which I don't, I don't know that I knew that when I made the decision to study that, but it was 
it was a it was a positive I think to not be surrounded because in the junior college I was surrounded by males and there you know there's another conversation there a whole uh, dynamic around being a female in a in a pretty male uh, field especially back at that time yeah yeah so um so I chose industrial engineering. They happened to have two concentrations in the degree program. And I chose the, you know, one was manufacturing, the other was computer systems. And I chose computer systems. And the funny thing is, and we're dating ourselves by saying this, that we didn't have personal computers yet. I mean, there were only computers. There was just a couple of them in a computer room and there was a computer room in the library. And so anything you wanted to do on a computer, you had to sign up for time and you sat there you know, on your own um, in some uh, somebody else's space. You know, you didn't have it with you. You right. didn't have it. You didn't have it at home. I mean, it was a big deal when one of my classmates got a got a computer, a personal computer. So, so um, it was very interesting. Even my first jobs were you didn't have your own computer. We did a lot of things on uh, pen and paper. And you met people face to face, and you got on the telephone. So yeah, life was very different then. And uh, and and so it, I guess on the one hand, it's been really exciting time to be in that industry because a lot has changed. A lot of technology and computers have come a long way in the last you know thirty five to forty years. So so that's kind of exciting to be a part of that. Who who are you as an engineer even now, um, or who were you? I, mean, I don't know if those are different questions. In terms of having this strong mind, being in a very male-dominated field, even if there was more women, um, what what's what's going on for you that's that's different than dance? Oh, lots of things. <laughs> it's only been in the last few years that I've tried to blend the two a little better. Uh, I would say the creativity in engineering is limited, at least in. I'm not a programmer. So I think if I were a programmer, maybe there would be a little bit more creativity uh, allowed there. However, then it's very structured, you know, uh, to make a computer do what you want it to do. Right. You know, you've got to follow certain rules so that it knows the zeros and the ones that are going on in the background. But the, um, the I feel that they're so different. Those, the, the two things that I picked to, to live in my life yeah. are, are, are completely separate. That's a like parallel paths, not even intersecting. And um, very, one, so very left brain, uh, so very analytical, so very um, right and wrong. And the other is right brained, creative. There's no rights and wrongs. There's, you know, free form. <laughs> so um, it's been really good to have both because it's, I get to use, you know, both sides of my brain. I get to be creative on the, you know, in the dance world, I get to be, I get to use my smarts and in, in the engineering world, I get to be a leader. Um, I'm a leader in both worlds, I'd say. Um, I get to, yeah, I, I get, I guess I, I the, I'm not, I'm expressing more excitement about my job than I normally do, which is funny, uh, probably because I am, as, as I think we'll, we'll talk about shortly, at the end of it, um, you know, it's kind of been the whole goal to wind down this computer systems career so that I can focus more on dance. And it has been a sacrifice. So it has been uh, spending eight hours, nine hours a day, you know, f- five days a week for, you know, di- almost four decades, right? Literally decades. Right. When I wanted to do dance and I got almost through my uh, degree at Cal Poly when I decided I really didn't want to do engineering. (laughs) 
and it was it was like you're you're two quarters away from your degree just finish it and then you know figure it out next and um i think i've taken different points is that one of those points those junctions Sandy? Uh, yes absolutely here we go yeah go ahead well i'm just curious that's one of those junctions where you're two semesters away from graduating in the industrial engineering and you really go, I really don't want to do this. So what is that choice point? What was that at that point? Is there a possibility of going a little bit longer and, and including a minor in dance and doing it? Or what, what were your real options then? Uh, it's interesting you bring up the minor because there wasn't one, but there was one forming. So I started to, I'd already been, you know, I was in the dance company. At, we didn't talk about that, but I was in the dance right. company at college in, in um, you know, both in my, um, you know, four-year school as well as the community college. So I never let, let, let go of it. I was still in the program and, and the Cal Poly is a very, uh, oh, technical school, you know, it's polytechnic, right? So dance to even to even realize that they have a dance program there is it's like surprising right um the crazy thing was there was no dance major and there was no dance minor and but there was a dance department right so and i auditioned for the company i was in the company you know all the years that i was there and yet um every single person in dance had a different degree a different major you had history majors you had architecture majors you had engineering majors you had you know english majors etc cetera, etc cetera. so that was pretty exciting is that all of us that were dancing it was our passion but that wasn't our degree so I, that was probably the first place i was where i was with other people like me we right. love dance but we aren't focusing on it as our degree and so that decision to stay at Cal Poly and finish, was that also going with the flow of what others were doing or how would you put that? Uh, yeah, I would say, again, too scared to, you know, there wasn't a, there wasn't an option to get a dance degree. So I think it was, it was, although it was difficult to realize that I was about to get a degree and wasn't excited about what my future looked like, I knew that I was so close that I should just get it right. It couldn't hurt to get that degree. And I'm so glad that I did uh, because it's been my, uh, I don't know, fallback's the right word, but it, it really has been the fallback plan economically, financially to support me in everything else that I've done, you know, dance wise and otherwise. So right. did, did you have depression or anything making a choice like that? Oh, I would say, uh, not not uh, diagnosed but <laughs> absolutely absolutely it was a really sad um realization and yeah. you know and coming to coming to the uh to the place where uh what you know what am i going to do um so that that was one of those first points where i had to face a, a difficult decision and i made it was the first of many times I made the decision to go what I call the safe route. And and we'll talk about more of those yeah. places where I pivoted and, and it was oftentimes making the safe decision as opposed to going with what I had, you know, was really passionate or really had wanted to do. It's something because, you know, so many of the people I talk with, it's, it's about how not to go the safe route. Right. Mm, yeah. I'm yeah. very interested in, um, you know, what it takes to be a professional dancer, especially um, if you don't want to be a teacher of dance and how many people are in the situation of 
um, having to deal with this, what you're dealing with here, what you're sharing and, and how do we keep that alive? And, and what does that look like? So what do you, what do you know now of that safe path or what kind of support did you have? If you were very sad about, you've got two semesters left, you see, you don't really, it's not looking very fun. It's not looking like, oh boy. Um, did you have some inbuilt support or really was it, you just had to kind of get through it? I think, uh, again, this probably ties back to that first point where I decided, you know, what should I major in, even though I had this interest in per- performance. Um, looking back, I would say a lot of it was put that I, I a lot of it I put on myself. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone ever said, no, you can't go try doing this. They, there were messages like it would be real. It will be really difficult if you go, you know, if you try to do that. I think I also put a lot of negative thoughts about, are you good enough? Are you hmm. been enough? You know, there were, the dance world is very, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, uh, I would liken it to professional sports. There are people who make it, but it is really, really difficult. What are the, you know, the odds that, you know, one person out of, uh, you know, a hundred thousand makes it on a, you know, a professional football team and, you know, I don't even, I made up the, I made up the numbers, right. but um, I would say the very similar types of percentages for someone to make it, make a living in a professional company where they don't also have to have another job. So is it somewhat built into the dance community, that sense that you're probably doing something else too? Absolutely. So I would say the majority of the dancers that are you know still involved in dance that, that are not full-time in a company have wear multiple hats. They, just as we probably, I had always heard, you know, you wait, you wait tables, you work at a coffee shop, you, you, you know, have a filing job, a temp job, you know, you do something else, you teach dance. I mean, that, uh, you see it even, even in the people on the periphery of the San Francisco ballet and not, not so much the company members, but the other people, um, supporting and working for the company that, you know, they're doing other things to pay the rent or the mortgage. It's a thing, right? So, uh, it's very similar with the art world with people that I work with, but it, it's like, how do, how is it that you, um, when you look at these junction points that took you both to the safe, where you're calling the safe jobs, and or that that took you away from that. What, what have been the times when you said, you know what, I, I can't keep doing this. I have to go offline yeah. or off script. Yeah. What, what does that look like? Because I know you've had that. Yes, I had a couple of those. So the first one, uh, so I, I got the degree, uh, the, the bachelor's degree. I got, took a job with uh, Kaiser Permanente and moved to Southern California and started working in in computer systems. And during that time, probably within a year of that time, my one of my friends from Cal Poly, one of my dance friends, uh, was had decided that she was going to go get her master's in fine arts and dance at Mills College, which is in Oakland. And so I was in touch with her and envious of her choice and decision to do that. And so my my mind starts thinking, and you know, by by then I'm making you know, making my own money. I have an apartment. I'm saving. I have a uh, a pension that's starting to, you know, to get money put into it by the company. 
And so I start thinking, well, if she can do it, maybe, maybe I should do it. You know, I'm, you know, in my mid, mid twenties at this point. And I thought, you know what, if I'm going to do something with dance, I should do it when I'm young while I'm still young. And so about probably a good, uh, maybe six months to a year of thinking and researching and asking her questions. And, and I decided, I, you know, I looked at my finances, I figured out I could get a student loan and I decided to jump. I decided to take the leap and go to grad school. So I, you know, had to put together videos and, you know, like a portfolio and submit it. And I got accepted and I cashed in on my pension. <laughs> so right. It wasn't a lot, you know, two years, but still right. a little bit, you know, a little bit of money help. And I move up to the, the San Francisco Bay area and uh, which uh, from which I have not left since then. So I moved up uh, here to go to Mills college. It was a two-year program. My friend was in her second year when I was there. So I had someone I knew, and then I met a lot of other people. It was a wonderful program. I learned uh, a lot more about the field of dance and choreography and, you know, how to be a better choreographer and how to analyze and, and, you know, criticize dance and kinesiology and dance notation, et cetera, and got opportunities to choreograph and perform as well. And then <laughs> that ended, I got the degree. And actually during that time, I was, I went back to work at Kaiser to uh, help, you know, pay for school and pay mm -hmm. for, for living. And so at that next juncture, when I had to make a decision about, okay, now what am I going to do? I got this degree. How am I going to make a living? I was too scared to try. So I went back to Kaiser and, and went back to the safe route. So I, there was a pattern in my decision-making that always went the safe route. And I, you know, I have to live with that and I have to <laughs> have to ponder that, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, I hear it. You, you always want the safe route according to you, quote unquote, but I yeah. hear these jumps. Yeah. And I'm thinking that's a pretty darn bold move. So true. is it, we're going to talk about who you are now at dance, but I'm wondering how these jumps have, without that jump, I'm just wondering, could you be where you are now? And, and what, and was there, cause that was already in your mid twenties and um, you're in your fifties, right? So yep, yep. what, what you've, you've gone back, made these decisions a safe route, but what is the role of these jumps? How did they uh, even if then you go back, right? How did it keep something alive or how important were those jumps that I'm thinking kept you off a real accelerated path at work, right? Um, true, I mean, true. You didn't, you don't have some big title I'm thinking at work right now. Yeah. So what uh, I appreciate the acknowledgement and, and I need to, I need to remind myself that those were, that was a big jump and that was uh, pivotal. It was instrumental and in even where I am today with dance. And as you mentioned, I ch purposely chose not to advance at work. And I, uh, you know, I've had a, a kind of a disjointed path always in computer systems. I did leave Kaiser Permanente shortly after the point we just talked about, but I have uh, I think what I did is I cranked up my dance involvement after, after returning back to the computer systems world, after I got the master's degree, I did start to focus on having dance be a bigger part of my life outside of work. And so I would say that it did give me, uh, it gave me credibility 
um, in the community to have that those three letters that MFA after my name. Um, it gave in the dan- in the dance world at least mm-hmm. my the work for the computer systems world could care less about an MFA in dance. But <laughs> um, but I did uh, I held myself back on purpose at the on the computer systems world. I wanted to be at a place where I had time. I, my work day was going to just be eight hours. It wasn't going to be nine, 10, 12, that uh, I didn't want that to creep to creep into more of my life so that I could go to a dance class after work. I could go to a rehearsal after work. I could join a dance company that, that met in the evenings and the weekends. I, you know, I could attend performances and, and keep the love of that dance. Um, I could take paid time off from my day job and go to a dance workshop for a week, a conference. And, and I've continued to do that um, many times over um, so during all this time. I hear it and I hear the disjointed sense of it in one way, but I also hear there's been some consistent things. You never gave yourself fully to the engineering in terms of the career, like uh, I'm going to make it to the top and right. you know, I'm going to put it all on hold. And then I'm going to be a dancer. You know how people live that way. You're like, of course, that's hard to do. Dancing is a physical and body thing. It's like a sport. So maybe that helped that. But still, you were like, no, I'm taking a break right now, getting my master's and you go back in, but I'm not going to go all the way up and try to climb the ladder. So it's this really holding the tension of dancer and making a, a good living and et cetera. So there you are many years. Um did it continue that way or did you have another kind of catapult back into dance or how, cause we, I want to get to where you are now. Cause right yeah, now you're kind yeah. of in a, a really exciting point about, let's just say that we're, what, where, what are you living now? Yeah. Just bring us so, to now. So yeah. now, so now, and I, I'll try to uh, connect the dots. So, you know, after some number of years, I bounced around a little. I left Kaiser at one point and consulted in computer systems and, and did some other computer systems related things. And it led to uh, a place where I had to make another decision about uh, what was where were, what was I going to do next? Uh, one job ended, biz, you know, startup business uh, folded. And I ended up teaching high school dance for uh, a, a, about six months. And that kind of reignited the, the, my decision. Uh, it was a, a substitution um, opportunity at a high school for a person on maternity leave. So I knew when I signed up, it was short, short term. It wasn't forever. Uh, but I knew I didn't want to go back to computer systems right away. So I did that. And then when I returned to Kaiser, that's I kind of my, my career went full circle. Um, about 12 years ago, I returned to Kaiser. But this time, I had a plan. And the plan was you are going to save until it hurts. <laughs> and I, I also, in the, uh, in this same time frame, I joined a dance company. Um, I, I wanted to save money. I wanted, I knew I wanted to retire early. I started networking and dance. I started uh, taking uh, regular classes locally. I had kind of kept myself uh a little bit disconnected from the Bay Area dance community and I was more involved in the Modesto dance, um, my ties from back there. And it, I think it held me back. So I decided, okay, you've got to get more involved here. You've got to, you know, reignite your old connections. You've got to make new connections. I joined uh, a couple of dance organizations, uh, got involved in planning uh, planning and, and uh, participating in dance uh, conferences, 
totally grew my network in dance. And uh, I would just say that that has been the last 12 years. And I am now about three, four months away from early retirement, where I plan to focus, you know, I won't have the 40 hour week job, and I will be able to take the time that I think it needs to be able to get uh, my foot in the door to do some more uh, guest choreography. And potentially, I don't know, I may or may not start a company, I uh, will probably do some dance teaching. And so I'm finally getting <laughs> to live my dream. And uh, it's a very exciting time. Wow. It is a very exciting time. What's the, um, do you still confront fears about it? What's that look like? Cause this really is living your, your dream, living your passions. You've been really, to me, the story is how you've been in a unscripted way, continuing to find kind of sink a bit and find ways to read, re-leap into the dance world, to leave, to leave this job and that job and do this and do that. And, I think it takes a lot of courage not to follow the, you know, always get ahead in your regular work job mode. I think that is pulling out of that, that flow of traffic and saying, I'm somebody who's living both and it hasn't always been good or easy or, or fun. Uh, and here you are. So what's the fear now? Where do we, where do we meet you? And how are you, how are you a different person this last 12 years? What's your energy like knowing that you've made kind of a much stronger commitment and, and had a plan? I say that my energy is high, uh, despite the fact that aging is not a positive thing for a dancer <laughs> and, 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 and keeping that, you know, I think, I think my physical energy is as high as it can be for, you know, given, given, you know, slowing down here and there. Uh, uh, I'm excited to say that I performed in a company with dancers at least 30 years younger up until two years ago. So, I mean, that, that I was shocked that I was still performing at, you know, at that age. So, um, and my, my energy, my, um, I don't know if it's spiritual energy, but the, the excitement is definitely high, uh, for where I'm at right now and fears. You asked about fears. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like there, I have a lot less fears. I, I think it's the the only the, the the more the more fear I have is actually on um, should I, should I be retiring at this time? It's really it, the fears sure. on the, da the dance side have I've I've been squashing those and I've been uh, learning how to accept you know a lot of rejection. You so you apply for various choreography opportunities and uh, try to do all these things and have learned learned to accept that. A no is just a not yet and not a never. <laughs> and so I think my fear level has really gone down. And now it's just, you know, let's do this. Let's, it's excitement. It's energy. It's, you know, raring to go. What, what have been some of your biggest supports when you made this more recent, like, I'm really going to go for this, or even the first one, like how to keep the how to, how to really commit to dance and go back and get your MFA and, and dance. And then also more recently and how to teach dance and then really, really keep it alive even more. What have been the biggest supports for you? What have you experienced that helped this happen? I'm thinking of a, of a coworker uh, at Kaiser and this, ironically, this gentleman had rose to the senior vice president level. He was, he was a year, year or two behind me in, in, um, starting his career, uh, you know, age-wise. And, th and this was, this was my, 
my comparison, right, is that we started essentially the same time in this company. And his goal was climb, 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 climb. And he did it. And he always said to me, I wish I had the passion that you have for dance in something. And it just really hits home to me that someone who I looked up to for look at how he, you know, went for what he wanted in the work world and he idolized me. So it's, it's, it's kind of cool. I would say he was, he was a very big supporter. And then of course, you know, I think my family and, and my dance friends, you know, definitely supportive. So. So passion, keeping passion alive. Did you, um, did you have um, podcasts? Do you have, you know, are, are there been, so people, I hear the role of the, in, um, the dance teacher in high school, the mentorship, but people really saying that are in the industry where you are, the engineering and the dance and acknowledging you for, for having this passion and also the smarts. So um, it's quite a story. We, um, so what, what do you think it takes to keep a passion alive when you look back? And, and kind of cross, you know, have these parallel lives that don't come together as much. What, what do you think it takes? Ooh. I, I don't think it's difficult. If it's truly your passion, you're going to find a way to, to make time for it. I feel like there were just a few times when I didn't give it the, I think maybe uh, the, I, I was too focused on work and friends and that kind of thing at, at certain times in my life that I didn't do, uh, get, I didn't get involved in dance. And it was those times that I realized how much I missed it. And I think all the rest of the time when it's, if I'm taking classes, if I'm uh, creating, if I'm going to see things, I, I just feel like I can't not. And if you were to look at my calendar, <laughs> you were to look at how, how much there's probably something dance related almost every day of my life. There's either a class or I've, I'm watching something or I, you know, tonight I'm going to see the ballet, wow. <laughs> you know, it, and, and, the, and there, there are weekends when at least pre pandemic, when I could see four performances in a weekend, you know, between the matinee and the, you know, the evenings and, and, uh, it just, if that's what you love doing, you find a way to do it. What would you say to people that say, I want to be a full-time dancer and you look at them and you, you realize you have no idea if they can make it. Right. 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 And, and, and there they are, they have a straight job and they said, and they asked you, you know, like, I'm asking you what, what is the satisfaction you have not having gone for it professionally early on? fully, but having it be this much as you just shared in your life, what, what can you say about, about that and the value of that? My reply might, might surprise you and, and others in I'm, I'm, I'm attending these college dance uh, conferences every year now and meeting young people, you know, in their, you know, 18 to 21 year olds. And ironically, I would say if they asked me, or if they tell me that they're studying something else and then they're dancing as well, I'm actually in support of people doing a different degree besides dance in parallel because I feel like it was a less 
difficult life, but I also would highly encourage them to not let the one career get in the way of the other. I think that we can do both. It's like people saying you can be a mother and and have a full-time job. I think if you want something, you will find a way to make it happen. And so I'm more in support of somebody doing a, a practical degree in parallel with with dance, do a double major, um, and have two jobs. You know, uh, I I just think it's it's so it's such a difficult life. It it'd be like uh, putting your all of your uh, hopes and your kid in little league to be a professional baseball player, and you know, sure, you you let them do everything you can to support that, but also I think have a plan B. What what do you see gets on? Uh, we're, we're nearing the end here, I think, of our time. But yeah, what do you see gets in the way of people in in that follow through? Like, all right, they're going to have a second degree, they're going to have some other job thing. What do you think gets in the way for people to, or how do they? What do you see people um, doing? Like you said, you had friends, and you got a little bit more involved in your work at certain points, and that took you away. But then you came back. What what do you what do you see as the problem if you do do both? How would how would you coach someone there? I would say that it's all about time management. If you want something bad enough, you will find the time to do it. It's about turning off the TV at night. It's about, you know, grabbing those 15 minutes, 30 minutes, uh, doing something every day that, that helps you toward your dream. So, you know, if I, if it means I'm writing a, uh, application for a grant, you know, during my lunchtime, or it means I'm making a phone call or sending an email or working on my newsletter at night while I'm, you know, maybe the TV's on in the background. It's about leaving work at five o'clock so I can get to a, you know, 5.30 dance class. It's about prioritizing. So, you know, prioritizing your time and, and putting enough uh, emphasis on the things that you really want to be doing so that it can happen. And how important would you say connecting with other people that are deep in that, say, dance world for you is as part of that? Because I hear that that can be also very solitary, right? Writing the grants, right. um, dance classes are together with people. I'm just wondering in terms of connecting to community people. Yeah, I would say it's definitely given me um, encouragement to have others uh, in similar, you know, in, in similar in a similar industry. I, I, I want to add one other thing that's not mm-hmm. exactly answering that, but it kind of ties in, in that I feel like back to the, uh, the passion and the fact that I didn't, didn't, I don't do dance, you know, 40 hours a week, that some of my peers who have, uh, you, ha, you know, have a career in dance and, and many, most of them, I would say they're edu- dance educators. Um, so their career is, you know, it pays, it pays good. They're teaching, they're teaching at a college or they're teaching at a high school. Um, they have more times of frustration with dance and they have uh, their, I think their passion has been dimmed because of doing the, doing it all the time, as opposed to just having it as something that they don't get to do like I, there's many hours in my day. I don't get to do it. And so I, I, even as recently as a couple of weeks ago, I was at a conference and one of the co- college faculty dance teachers said, I have to choreograph every semester. And I was saying, Oh my God, you have to, I would die to get to choreograph every semester. So I think um, 
the perspective may, my perspective may be different because I'm starved of it some of the time. Uh, so I feel like, um, and when I am with my people, like I go to these conferences and I'm surrounded by dance, dan- you know, da- young dancers and, and choreographers and teachers, I totally li- uh, live off of the energy of being in, you know, with my people. So I, I definitely uh, agree that there's definitely um, positives and, and, and something to be gained from that community of your peers. Thank you for sharing your passions with us and what it looks like. And I hope we keep in touch with what it looks like as you pursue ever more choreography as um, when it's really your full-time work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you chatting with me today. Well, that's today's podcast of Creative at the Wheel. Before we go, I want to invite you to check out my Creativity and Spirit online retreats. Experience for yourself the breakthroughs and support available when you engage your creative self in a safe and playful community. Begin here if you are ready to ignite your own transformational journey in a joyful way. You can also learn more about my one-on-one coaching offerings on my website, paintbiglivebig.com.